1: Welcome to Homeschool Your Way. I'm your host, Jana Cook, and Bookshark's community manager. Today, I am joined by Scott Burns. He's the National Sales Director at Home Science Tools. We're going to be talking about the importance of STEM in education and why science really can't be learned unless it's experienced. Scott, thank you so much for being here.
2: Jana, thanks for having me.
1: So, very quickly, tell us how you became part of Home Science Tools and the homeschool world.
2: Well, yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, Home Science Tools has been in homeschool science industry for about over 20, almost, yeah, 25 years uh, next year. And uh, I was approached by the CEO, Frank Shainer. Frank and Debbie started the company a long time ago because when their students were, when their kids were homeschooling, um, they really didn't have a great experience with science. As an engineer, Frank believed that every student including his own, should have that hands-on kinesthetic learning, especially when it comes to the sciences. Uh, And him and Debbie created the uh, home science tools, and we've been creating kits, building resources, supporting curriculums for the last 25 years, and it's been an absolute blast. I've been lucky enough to join the organization about two years ago to really build the Um, the whole understanding of of what it is to get into the programs and learn more about what's going on in sciences for all the different homeschoolers that are out there. And it's really important for me because um, as a student who struggled um, learning, um, the magic happened for me when I was hands-on. The magic happened for me when I was involved in the learning, not just sitting and getting, but really putting my hands to it and really making it part of what it was all about and that's the exciting part we believe that every student should have a joy for some learning science. And, and that's why i'm here today, because I want to share some of the insights that we know. Uh, some of the things that are going on in the stem world uh, a little bit about understanding what we need to do to inspire our students and our, our kiddos to to be the stewards of our world that we live in and how we can best. Uh, create a a pathway, a career pathway for what those STEM careers might be and what they might look like.
1: Ironically, I was just reading about the STEM and the amount of work, the workforce, and how it has grown over the last decade, and how it is projected to grow exponentially over other occupations in the next even 10 years. So I feel like this subject may be one of those that homeschool families either overlook or don't put as much emphasis on. And I think the main reason maybe is because they don't have the tools to do it well. A lot of parents feel inadequate in certain subjects, right? They may have a really strong area where they're like, yes, I can do math. I feel confident in this. Everybody who's homeschooling knows how to read. So we as parents feel really confident in reading to our children, uh, teaching to read, that might be a little iffy. But when it comes to science, it really does take either a person who is degreed and has experience in science or looking for a product that is laid out in a way that parents can actually use it in their home where they're learning alongside their kids, but they don't feel that anxiety of inadequacy.
2: You know I, I hear that this last year uh, we went to a bunch of conferences and we were on the road listening to parents. There is a real intimidation factor when it comes to the sciences. Um, and it's not all dissections and all this other stuff. There's so much in, uh, there's so much that you can unpack and unravel. And first and foremost, you know, you are absolutely right when you're talking about the career stem workforce. Um, it is a growing, over the last 25 years, it has grown exponentially. And then beyond that, it's projected to grow another 40% in the next five to 10 years. Um, And so when you start thinking about that, what do I do? How do I inspire my students to do science? Um, It's not as intimidating as you think. And if there's some easy steps to just uh, pick a discipline, look at biology, look at chemistry, look at physics, look at the different areas of science, and ask your students what they're interested in. Look at your local state's um, needs and requirements by grade level and look to see what are some activities that you can easily do. Some of it for your early learners is just as simple as grabbing a a backpack, a notepad, a uh, magnifying glass, and going out and doing a nature walk and doing observations, doing some drawing, and talking about those different things. There's so many little ways to get students inspired um, and if they can see it, then they can be it. And if they don't see themselves as a scientist, whether they're female or they're a boy or wh- whatever their their thinking is of a scientist, if they can see it, then they can be it. And I truly believe once we get them the opportunities to go deeper into some of these ways, you can go deeper into the science areas as well. Um, and I think so many people think of these STEM careers and let's just you know, let's talk about this for anybody who doesn't un- understand the acronym, right? Science, technology, engineering, and math. So science, we're talking about explaining the complexities of the nature natural world, right? Engineering applies the scientific method, right? And then the technology is using all the different innovative tools that you have to it. In mathematics, at the end, of course, is the, the crux. We are great at math or we're good at math. We can do a lot of things. And one of the big areas that uh, the STEM careers are growing in is that mathematics area. So STEM, science, mathematics, engineering, they all link together. And it's really important for our students to see all the different types of careers that there might be for them to be able to do different things.
1: I have seen over the last few years how if we understand that math is really just another language, it isn't, it isn't a different type of, it's not a world where some of us aren't invited. It's not a sphere where we and uh, you have to have a special path to get into. It's just a different language. And as a homeschool parent, the more I understand, either I speak that language or I don't, either I'm willing to learn that language or I'm not. I have the ability to outsource that just like if I wanted my child to learn Japanese, which I have no idea to even begin how to teach. I don't even know any words in Japanese, but it really is just a perspective shift. I think that as homeschool families understand this idea that math is a language, science is another discipline. It's not this untouchable world that you have to be an Einstein to be a part of.
2: You really don't. And it takes discipline. Um, you know, uh, my sister has two boys um, now that are in high school. And she's like, Scott, the math doesn't look the same way that we learned it when we were back in school. It's different now. So she had to teach herself to help teach her boys as they were going through and learning about mathematics. But you're right, it's a total language. Um, it's right now said that the world is short about 250 million careers when it comes to the pipeline of mathematics. You're talking banking, coding. You're talking languages. The um, IRS is trying to hire 80,000 new auditors. You have all these different places where they're trying to use, and we don't have the people who have the foundational skills in math to be able to fill a lot of these careers. If a student wants to have a pathway, having a foundation in math, is a great starting point because it basically is a great sort of jumping off point to almost anything in the world that the world might need.
1: And if you have a child who is mathematically minded, gifted, it just, they think in numbers and patterns. And then I I hear parents say, I, I can't get them to do science. I'm like, well, there are so many numbers in science. There's so many ways that you can use, whether it's math or whether it's, it's English, the social sciences. I mean, it all can be used together in each and every area. So if you have a child that likes math, there's certainly ways that you can show them how statistics are part of science, how you can number anything. I mean, there's just, it's the creativity. I think that sometimes as homeschool parents, we- we're tired and overwhelmed. And that's why a product like Home Science Tools is there to come alongside and partner with us to get this done.
2: Well, and we can't forget about language arts. Reading is absolutely fundamental. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ashley, is a marine biologist and researcher. When she was young, she lived on the beach in uh, Melbourne, Florida. And she was inspired and she said, I want to work with dolphins. I want to be a marine biologist. She went to high school and she had no idea when she'd ever use the Pythagorean theorem, when she would have to be writing reports. She needed the language arts skills because she's writing reports and presenting to people all across the world about the research that she's doing with sea turtles and manatees in Florida. She needs the Pythagorean theorem so she can set her camera up properly when they're are documenting how turtles are migrating back to the sea. Um, she needs to have the arts and crafts and the ability to have good photography and understand certain things. She also needs to know this, her social studies skills, right? She needs to know geography and she needs to map where these uh, creatures are going and how they're migrating and how they're coming back. Um, and it's all being a, a well-rounded, holistic student and child. So you can take those careers. When she thought all she was going to get to do was play with dolphins all day as a marine biologist, she had no idea all the other things that are so important. And it all comes back to being a well-rounded student. Um, You know, a good friend of mine uh, that I just met um, and I've been talking to lately, um, she uses her reading block and she brings in all this great, um, science uh, books in nonfiction text into her reading block. So when her students or when her kids are sitting down and they're sitting there and they're reading, they're reading about scientists. They're reading about uh, sharks and they're reading about things. It's, it's great to have a, 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 a great plethora of books at your home if you have access or the library, but making sure you mix in all the different science And different mathematical type of books into your reading is such a great way to get kids inspired about those different types of opportunities.
1: And there's nothing wrong by with capitalizing a special interest of your child. If it is sharks, then read all about sharks, write all about sharks, find statistics about sharks, and and add and subtract sharks. I mean, there's nothing that says to be well-rounded, you have to talk about a million different things. You can talk about the same thing in each area. And if that's what is inspiring to your child, that's what's going to inspire learning.
2: Absolutely. And capitalizing on that interest, right? Um, No student ever wants to sit down. No kid ever wants to sit down. I hated doing worksheets. Worksheets were not for me. But if you gave me something about sharks, or you gave me something about something I was interested, now you're investing, you know that that I'm, they want to do something for me, my passion. Passion is a great way to get them interested and get them wrapped into what you want to do. And it's important. School and learning should be fun. When you're learning about in, in items that are out there, why not make it engaging and fun? and going into their interests is the best way to do it.
1: I hear parents say, okay, uh, I think it's great to follow interest-led learning. I think it's great to capitalize on my child's passion, but there will be a point in time where they're gonna have to do something that they're just not interested in. And if you're in a traditional model and you, and you wanna have a transcript and you wanna be prepared for college, there is truth in that, right? Like there is truth that you're going to have to look at biology, of an animal, even though all you want to do is study the stars. But I think that if we can get kids to love learning, and that is initially following their passions and getting them invested, then they trust you enough that when it's time to look at the stars or vice versa, it's time to do the dissection. You say, okay, this may be not be the number one thing that you want to do today, but I promise you this ties into everything that you want to know. This is, you know, a road on your journey. That's going to get you to your goal. And I think as parents, sometimes we just get really nervous. Like, I don't want my kid to hate science. So I don't want to push them too hard. But when you have a product where the kids can actually get in there, open the kit, get their hands in there and actually do the learning um, that, you know, maybe initially they weren't excited about, but I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that I may drag my feet. But then once I start getting into it, I'm like, okay, actually there's, I see the value in this.
2: There's so much value in that. I would say this as well. There's always a caveat. There's always something, a carrot, that you can put out there to get them to do the things that need to be done.
1: Hey, guys, it's Jana with a big tip. Would you like to try out the Bookshark way of learning at zero cost? Well, you can with our free unit studies. To add to our collection, we now have a two-week literature-based study on sharks. Yes, sharks. Perfect, right? Visit bookshark.com/freebies to get your sharks unit study. The book we chose for this unit is amazing. Your kids are going to love it because it's filled with great photographs of different types of sharks, cool diagrams, and so many fascinating facts. For example, did you know that sharks never blink their eyes? Did you know that sharks have pores called ampullae of Lorenzini? that allow them to detect electricity? Did you know that a thresher shark stuns its prey by smacking it with its long tail? If you're a Kindle Unlimited user, there's great news. The book we use for this unit study is free on Kindle Unlimited. Otherwise, purchase a copy or borrow it from your library. Visit bookshark.com freebies to get your free shark's unit study today.
2: The other thing that I heard that was such a great idea, a parent told me she started doing interviews with um, their friends that had careers and they asked those people, their child, to sit in with these interviews. What did you need to do as a student to prepare yourself for this career path? What are the things that are most important? And having those interviews and learning about what those careers are and what those needs are is such a valuable tool. And you can start that as early as middle school and especially in high school, especially when students are starting to figure out what their passion are. And then when they're graduating and maybe they go into a vocational school, maybe they go into a traditional college or they do something else, there's opportunities for them to get certificates before they even get out into the workforce to be a well-rounded employee and knowing what it takes to really be that that candidate in this world where everybody's looking for quality, talent. Um, and so finding out what a child is interested in, finding out how you can build that trust so that when it is time to do the eyeball dissection or whatever it might be, they're all in, and they're going to be able to trust the fact that you're doing it because this is a part of the the pathway to get to where they want to go. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, right now it is uh, more important than ever that we find ways to really engage and build that trust with our with our with our kids that when they are doing the learning the learning is building a foundation right like when you build a house you're building a foundation and all these skills and all everything that you learn you're building upon it and you're hopefully going to be able to build that house right you can't build it without a solid foundation and having all the skills requisite for for the next step is so paramount not only for their social-emotional well-being, but to be a great employee, to be a great husband, to be a great brother or sister, or whatever it might be, the learning and building that sort of grit and that the ability to be able to work through problems and problem solving, because that's really what the 21st century STEM careers are, is what are the problems that we need to solve and they're worth solving, and how do we build those skills to be able to say, okay, What do I need to do in order to work through this complex problem to find the solution?
1: And education is so innovative. And one of the things that we are seeing is that it's not about what you can memorize and how well you can take a test. Going back to science and the intimidation of the subject, especially as you age up and start getting into the more complex um, theorems of science, a parent may not know the answer. They might not remember from their science class how to do something. And instead of modeling, I should know it all. And because I don't, I'm going to fake it till I make it. We really need to be modeling. I don't know. I'm going to try it with you. And part of sciences and part of learning it, I may get this wrong. I remember when my husband first took over our homeschool science uh he was going to do the the experiments weekly and he would get so frustrated and he'd be like, these aren't working. These science experiments aren't working. And I was like, well, did you just do it once? Because if one thing is off, if one factor is incorrect, it's not going to work. And you have to fail in order to actually learn how to do science. And I don't know that a lot of us are willing to fail
2: you know what? Fail has had such a bad, a bad stigma, right? But fail is first attempt in learning. And just like most people, we, if we're baking, if we're cooking, if we're doing an experiment, there are so many different variables. I, you know, I would encourage everybody, if something goes wrong, how could we do this better the next time? You know what? Or if they say, that's wrong. Okay, show me. How was it wrong? and have them explain it to you. You know, there are some core tenants when you talk about those STEM fields, right? You're talking about problem solving, creativity. You're talking about critical thinking, communication, collaboration, data processing, right? That's such a huge thing and then analyzing the data. Uh, and then of course there's computing and everything else that goes into some of the technology areas. But I think people really over, overlook communication and collaboration. Um, Communication since the last two years, you know, in this pandemic world that we're coming out of, um, you know, the interesting part is, is we've been isolated. We haven't had the ability to communicate. Sometimes our bubble got really small, and even in homeschooling, sometimes we think our bubble is small. There are so many like-minded people that are doing homeschooling now that you can reach out to and talk to. You can bridge and build some communication skills. It is going to be very paramount for students to have a strong communication skill, not only in typing or texting or whatever it might be in the way that they communicate nowadays, but to actually have a verbal conversation, be able to stand up, go sit down and then collaborate with a peer to understand and talk through whatever that problem is. Because the one thing is, is we all see it from our own lens and sometimes our perception is our own reality. If we have the ability to communicate and to listen and then collaborate, we're gonna be much better off at finding out and solving the problems much, much faster. And so it's so important that we think about active listening and really thinking about not only being the first one to answer or being, you know, getting it right first, right? But really being thoughtful on how we answer and being mindful that somebody else's opinion, if we don't listen to it, we, we, we might just, you know, um, shoot down the collaboration that could be there. If we don't give that time to be able to say, Oh, that's a great point. Um, and then with the whole creativity aspect of it, I mean, a great, uh, <laughs> I saw this done in a small science co-op and the, um, the, the person who was leading the group of, I think it was like eight or nine um, mixed age students asked the students to draw a scientist. There was no real guidance, just draw a scientist. What would you think that scientist does what would you think that scientist um, would look like? Um, Be as colorful and creative as you want, um, but you wouldn't in your mind. Five minute, seven minute experiment. All they had was paper and pen and um, some crayons and markers. And it was interesting because the majority of the people had the stigma of the mad scientist with the crazy hair or the explosions and the danger, but it was a an older man in a lab coat working in isolation. Now this wasn't the whole case. There were actually, um, it was a mix of boys and girls in mixed ages. There was only one female scientist that was drawn and it was by a girl. But there were more girls in that thing. So there's a perception of what could be a scientist, right? And so then they started talking about, you know, you think scientists work alone? And so all of a sudden they started bringing in books and and showing them some videos and showing some different aspects of what a scientist could be and could look like. You know, I think once we give them the opportunity to see that they could be a female scientist or they could be a female CEO or a accountant or whatever the role might be, we have to make sure that they can see these different careers. And so the, the lesson that she took back was is, I need to do a better job of opening up their world of thinking of all the different careers that they could potentially be and not limiting them to their just limited view of just one thing. And so they spent a lot of time looking at all the different great um, scientists from all across the eras, um, all the different denominations, all men, female, um, um, people from different worlds. And you know they were talking about all this different stuff when she asked them to draw the scientist picture, right? After they got through all this whole unit, their pictures were more eclectic, more dynamic, more diverse. And they they saw people actually in the field, biologists and people working in, in, in different fields. That's what we need to continue to do is just make sure that they can see it. And sometimes we need to see it for ourselves so we can make sure that we are reflecting that when we're saying those science uh, and those those things. Because again, Student can't be what they can't see. And if we can give them the opportunity that they could be that next great doctor or that next great, they could be maybe solving some of our world problems because hopefully they're the ones that are going to be taking care of us.
1: Yeah, If we do our jobs well, they will be taking care of us well. So we definitely have to have forward thinking as we are presenting these Ideas to our children and giving them and finding curriculum actually that will help us give them a solid foundation in these areas. Because I am no scientist, but I do appreciate all of the things that science brings uh, and helps make my life better, and technology and all these different areas. I think we need to be very careful in how, as parents, we present these things and phrase these things, like you're saying, because. We are so ingrained in our own ways. We're not even aware or conscious of how we are maybe saying science or math. Oh, I don't know. You know, we have our own biases that come out to our children that unless we are intentional to be very positive and say, okay, I didn't have a great experience in this area in my education, but we're going to do better. We're going to learn together. We're going to, you know, it's like really helping homeschool parents understand that homeschooling is really about partnering with your children, collaborating. You really are building them up. You can't lead where you haven't been. And I, and I don't want to pretend like I am things that I am not to my children. That just doesn't work out. First of all, they'll be the ones to, to point it out and call you, you know, well, back in our day, you were a poser, but I don't know what you are these days. I'm my, my children would again, call me a boomer, which I'm not, but, but same, but the idea is education used to be someone who was an expert and come and follow, you know, down the paths that I've already blazed. But in homeschool, it's like, you don't have to pretend you don't have to, you know, have all of this knowledge. You just need to help them find and tap into the knowledge that's already out there.
2: Absolutely. When it comes to the flexibility of having your own homeschooling model, set it up what works for you. Don't think you have to fit it into this box of education. That's the reason why we do homeschool. That's the reason why you want to be able to have that, right? I saw a ton of parents this summer that were saying, you know what? We're gonna do a ton of our science learning in the summer months because we can be outside. We can be as messy as we want. We're gonna extend the learning Disguise the learning in all of our fun summer activities, so they're still doing fun activities in the summer. They're still inspiring their students to continue learning. They're bringing in a little bit, sprinkling a little math. They're sprinkling in a little bit of the um, um, of the reading. Right, you have little things that you can do, and you sprinkle it in continue the learning. The beauty of the homeschooling is you're not dropping off at eight thirty and, and picking them up at three thirty, and then such you have the whole day to set up what you want it to be, and capitalizing on the interests, capitalizing on that, that way to bring energy to it, is the way that we're gonna get them in there and shaping the conversation of what is a STEM career. Eight the, Right now, this, the International Science uh, t, um, uh, Foundation is saying that 80% of careers by 2025 will be a STEM-based career that is gonna need math, Need some sort of sciences, some sort of critical thinking, being able to have those types of things are so important. And if we make sure that we frame that Mm -hmm. and we give them the opportunity to see all these different careers, I have a great friend who has two beautiful young girls. She's a great baker. She's sitting down and her kids are doing math. If you think about the science and the math in baking, right? She's doing math with these girls as they're baking and they're totally involved. Why not bring that passion into it because they're doing the math, they're having the fun, and then you get the sweet cookie treats at the end. So it's all those different ways of how we can build the learning and keeping it going. It's so it's going to be so key for our our kiddos as they move forward.
1: So Scott, as we close out this uh, podcast, I would love to know if you have a homeschool hack or a life hack for our listeners.
2: Wow. Um, How much time do you have? (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I would say this, um, ask questions, first and foremost, ask the questions, what are they interested in? And then go backwards design, right? Think about what the interests are, think about and look at what you need to do, build a scope and sequence, planning out what you need to accomplish, right? For your day. And then sprinkle in all those fun, interesting things within the areas of your, of your day. Um, you know, I, I, I think everything should be hands-on. Um, when you're hands-on, it makes the learning sticky. It's like mental velcro. And when you're reading about a dissection, oh, okay, that's interesting. But when you see it and you actually get to touch and feel, or when you're looking through a micro a, a, a microscope and you get to see the things that you went out and collected on your nature walk, right? That is when you really get to see the magic happen. Um, you know, there are so many great people that are out there. You are not alone when you're planning out what you need to do. Find a, uh, find a pod, find a homeschool unit in your neighborhood, in your community. Find a Facebook page. Look and listen to see what people are doing. Part what the ideas. There's nothing better than taking some ideas. And then, of course, looking at it, that it works, it works great. Make it your own. Spin it around. You know your kids better than me anybody else. Make it and design it for what you know is going to be successful rather than just trying to fit something, you know, a square or a peg and a round hole. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, I appreciate that permission to really take some time as a homeschool parent and think about why we're doing the things that we're doing and could we be doing them in a more beneficial way for our students and not necessarily the way we think it should be done
2: listen uh, at the end of the day we're all in it about our kids right we all want them to grow we all want them to be better we want them to be the best person that they can possibly be and the only way we can do that is giving them that foundation to learn and to be willing and wanting to go deeper into those things And if we make it interesting they will go deeper. They will learn more and they will have a super successful career in life beyond what we can ever imagine.
1: And isn't that what we all want for our children? So you've heard it here at Homeschool Your Way. Scott gave you some words of wisdom in how to uh, make your homeschool fit you and your students. So Scott, thank you so much for being here today
2: listen, if anybody wants to learn more about getting hands-on with science, come to homesciencetools.com. We would love to learn more about how we can help support you and your learners. Have a great joy for the learning of science.
1: Thank you, guys. Until next time, bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.